0: Welcome to episode 183 of Live Happy Now. This is your host, Paula Phelps, thanking you for joining us here today. Now, if you ever feel like thinking positive is just too difficult sometimes, then this episode is for you. This week, we're talking with Dr. Sasha Hines, a developmental psychologist and life coach who focuses on the science of getting unstuck. And one way she does that is to look at how to think neutrally when it's just too tough to think positively. So let's listen to how she does that and why it can be so effective. Well, Sasha, welcome to Live Happy Now. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Hi, it's so good to be here. Well, you know, what's really exciting about what we're going to talk about today is that your approach to positive psychology is something I think a lot of people are going to be excited about. They're going to be happy to hear because we hear all the time about positive thinking is good for us or that it's necessary for us. But you kind of talk about how neutral thinking, Is is an option, and it's a good step for some people. So, can you kind of explain that philosophy and what you mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's some research coming out of NYU with Gabrielle Oentgen about sort of rethinking positive thinking. But I mean, I really think that in the self help world right now, there's just this sort of resounding message of like the power of positive thinking, and you just need to, you know to sort of lobotomize yourself and like take that negative thought and put in a positive one. And that's really what we need to do. But human brains just don't operate like that. You know, people talk about neural pathways, like, well, it's just, you know, there's a field and the, the cows have tread the path this way and you just have to redirect them in another, you know, another way. And then that pathway is going to just grow over. But that's just not at all the way that our brain works. Even if you haven't heard nursery rhymes for 40 years, if I say, Mary had a little right? <laughs> lamb, <laughs> everyone's going to say, "Like you cannot erase that from your brain. It's there, right? That's a very well-honed, it's a habit that's in your, the, the Mary had a little lamb always follows those words, right? So it's just not easy to just sort of plop in a positive thought. And in fact, it can have really a deleterious effect because When we're thinking about, you know, like if you, someone, let's say that they have a lot of body shame and they don't like the way they look. And so they're constantly criticizing themselves for them to go from like, Oh, I hate my legs. I'm overweight. I'm so fat, you know, for them to go from that to, I love my body. I'm, you know, I love the way I look. I feel great in my body. Like there's such a cognitive dissonance between the two that, when the person is saying their positive affirmation, like I love my body, there is that little voice in the back of your head that's saying, I don't, <laughs> right? Like that's just not true. Yeah, and what does it do to
0: us? You know, I've done some research and we've written about with Live Happy about how trying too hard to be happy actually has kind of a backlash on us. Mm-hmm. And is this the same thing? When you're trying to use positive affirmations and your heart is not there and you're not feeling positive,
1: does it have a, a negative effect on you? Well, I mean, I don't know that it h- would have any like additional negative effect beyond the, the already critical thing that you're saying to yourself, but it certainly doesn't help. And in some cases, I think that the negative effect it could have is that it just sort of you lose hope, right? You lose hope that there's a possibility right. of change, which I think is quite damaging when people, right? It's very hard to move forward. And in your life, if you're feeling hopeless about, particular area of your life, that there is just no possibility of improvement. But I think the truth is, is that mindset, the research on mind I mean, this all comes from somewhere. It's not like this was just made up. There is a reason why people think, you know, people say it's important to think positively. There's a reason for that. And the reason for that is the research on mindset and the effect of our thinking on our emotions, and then uh, by extension, our actions, is profound. Our thinking has an enormous power. You know, I think you know, Alia Crum's research on even giving someone a you know a diet shake that they think is one—it's exact same substance in both. One they were told it was a diet drink; the other one they were told was a milkshake. Right? One was like mm-hmm. very you know high in fat, high in calories, high in sugar milkshake, and the other one's like you know low calorie, no sugar, diet drink. And they had the same group of people. They came in one week, they drank the diet drink. They took their, they drew blood and they looked at their cortisol levels and their hormones. And so they looked at, you know, ghrelin, leptin and their hunger, you know, their hunger hormones. And then they had them come in the following week. They drank the exact same thing, but this time they believed that it was a, a milkshake, a high calorie milk- shake, an indulgence. And they did the same thing. They did their blood work. And what they found was just believing that the, you know, that this drink was either high or low calorie affected their hunger hormones enormously. So, When they thought they were drinking something that was high calorie, their ghrelin levels, ghrelin is the hormone that makes you feel hungry, their ghrelin levels went way down. And their leptin levels, and leptin is the hormone that makes you feel full, their leptin levels rose dramatically. And it was the exact same drink that they're having with the diet one. And when they drank that, their ghrelin levels didn't decrease as much and their leptin levels didn't rise as much. So the brain was telling their body, you're not satisfied because this is not high in calories. Like it's amazing.
0: Yeah. So, so when we apply that to our mindset of positive thinking, how how does that all work together?
1: So the point is, is that, you know, that's just one of many examples of how extremely powerful our thinking is. Like what we believe is enormously powerful. But the difference is, is that if Our, you know, our beliefs are extremely powerful, but only when we believe them, right? Like if we don't believe them, they don't create, they don't kind of create an emotional resonance for us. Right. So when you believe a positive thought, it has a profound, a wonderful, profound effect, right? But if you don't believe the thought, it's not going to do anything for you, which is Why I think a lot of people feel disappointed or kind of, you know, they think the sort of like Stuart Smalley positive affirmation approach doesn't (laughs) work for them. They're like, this isn't working. This is a bunch of hooey, right? Well, that's why because they're just saying words in the mirror, you know. That don't. But there's no emotional resonance with those words. So then, how does neutral thinking become the the best step for them? Yeah. So I mean, I think that as I said, like really moving towards some. Thing that's more positive is absolutely the goal, right? We don't want to be criticizing ourselves as no upside to that. So I think the more powerful way, sort of the more effective way really to get there is to practice what I call neutral thoughts. So, I mean, there's many, many ways to do this, but like one example would be, you know, sticking with our body example, but like from, I hate my body, you, you know, it's, Way, way too far of a reach to get to, I love my body. So maybe the more neutral thought to practice would be, I have a body, hmm. right? It's like yeah. a little bit moving us a little bit in the direction of, you know, it's a neutral, like in neutrality, it doesn't feel as bad, doesn't feel particularly positive, right? But it's not, doesn't have that sort of feeling of like shame and self-loathing in the same way. And and how do you learn to adopt a neutral
0: way of thinking? Because just, again, we've got that built-in negativity bias. And I love the fact that you're not saying you have to go from that to positivity, but then how do you even get
1: to that neutral plane? Well, I mean, I think one of the best techniques to start with is in ACT. So you know acceptance and commitment therapy there is a technique they call diffusion and really the idea is it's it's a mindfulness practice it's noticing just noticing that it's a thought and taking that little step away from the thought so just being the like recognizing that you're the observer observing your own thinking so you know it could be just this tiny little tweak so you're thinking like ugh i hate my I hate my body. I hate my thighs. Whatever it is, and then it's, I know I'm noticing. I'm thinking the thought that I hate my body. Interesting, and that's it. Seems
0: like that's going to be some take some practice.
1: It does. I mean, it it absolutely it takes practice. But what I think is so funny about (laughs) my working on your working on your mind is we have people. If I said to someone like, "Oh, you want to be a great tennis player? Just go read a book." (laughs) <laughs> and you're going to do it. Like everyone would be like, you're insane. Like obviously they know they have to get on the court. They have to practice the shots again and again and again. They've got to, you know, it's just just like be hours on the court, right? That's just a given. When it comes to our mindset, we're like, I'm sorry, why is this not done already? Why am I not, it's not fixed, right? It's like, well, no, you got to practice it. It takes time.
0: But well, and then just- I think too, we see people who are naturally happy or we see what they portray, In that they're very pleased with themselves and and they're content when in fact they may not be. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's a little comparison going on too, where we feel like it's easy for other people, but not for us.
1: Totally. Right. Oh, yes. Everybody's inner world is fraught. I mean, let's (laughs) let's be honest. Everybody has a, I mean, I think it's like this is the other, this is a great, for me, it's a good neutral thought. Everybody is human, right? So whenever I feel like I'm going through something, I'm like, I am just, I'm a human. Like, this is what we do, right? Like, yeah. that's more neutral to me than what's wrong with me? Why am I, you know, what whatever the myriad thought, you know, negative thoughts or criticisms that I have, it's like, oh, no, I'm human.
0: And that's a, what a useful tool, because you point out it really helps reduce anxiety and stress. And, and can you kind of explain the mechanism in play there to, to because if it sounds in some ways, almost too simple that it would actually help us
1: reduce anxiety where we can just have a neutral thought. Well, I think that we just, what happens is that we're trying so hard to kind of be positive, which is very difficult to do. And I think that in, it actually creates its own stress and anxiety that, you know, it isn't working. This feeling that I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm, reading all these books. I'm listening to all these podcasts. Like I'm trying to change my, I know mindset matters. I'm trying to change my mindset, but it's not working. Right. And and that can feel demoralizing. But I think, you know, it's like, you're trying to cross this river of doubt, right? You have a certain belief system about yourself and you're trying to evolve to another belief and crossing that river of doubt, you know, from the operating system you know 1.0 to 2.0 is hard yeah right and it's and and it is like it's you know, called the river of doubt because as you're traversing this it does not feel comfortable it does not feel like you the criticism feels very familiar and comfortable <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, like that's like your life right exactly uh-huh. so one of the you know the tools that i use with people is you know what i call belief ladder so you're sort of what's the goal belief where would you like to get? And then we're going to climb rung by rung, right? So you can use techniques like it's possible that it's possible to like your body. Like that could be a n- more neutral thought for you. Like I'm not there yet, but it might be possible. Interesting.
0: So it's kind of laying the groundwork and preparing yourself to get to that right kind of
1: feeling. Like I'm becoming someone who loves their body. Like it's acknowledging that you're in process, right? That you don't have to be there because, because I think that that sometimes like the disconnect between like, I'm saying something that I don't, I'm not really believing can, it backfires and that it sort of makes you, ends up making you feel, makes you feel worse. Right. Right. So you're not there yet. Like not giving yourself that space to be in this kind of middle ground where you're working your way towards the belief that you want to really own. And it just feels really ju- non-judgmental too. Absolutely. Very, very helpful. Right. Absolutely. Right. And another neutral thought is like maybe something like I, if you like you do some speaking engagement or you presented at a meeting and you feel like it was a total flop, right? Like I failed. And instead of being like, you know, trying to, Oh, that's a negative thought. I shouldn't think negative thoughts. I'm going to, you know, make it into a positive thought. Like maybe that doesn't really feel authentic to you in the moment, right? It's not resonating with you, but maybe you can like, I failed and that's okay. Like you could just add the, and that's okay. Right. It's like, that's more neutral. It's just allowing it to sort of be without forcing it into that sort of like, you know, it must be, it must be, it must be, you know, yellow smiley face. Right.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, happiness and, and positive thinking is all part of our well-being. But your comment is that well-being needs to evolve into well-doing. And so I wonder if real quickly you could explain to us what well-doing is and, and how you develop that and, and how people can execute that.
1: Yeah. I mean, what I really mean by that is, you know, I think it's like the, we all do things because we want to feel better. Right. I mean, that's pretty much the motivation always. And I think that we get attached to, I think we get overly attached. We hook onto our negative thoughts. I think everybody's really well acquainted with hooking onto our negative thinking and the criticisms that we have of ourselves. But I think we can also get really hooked on our positive thoughts. Like we can be fixed about something that seems like a good thought. I mean, I think this is what Carol Dweck is really showing us with her, you know, fixed mindset research that you can have the thought like I'm smart and that's a fixed thought, you know, if it's a fixed mindset about yourself that may not actually be that adaptive and may not serve you all that well, because if you come up against a challenge and it's, and you're not succeeding at something, you know, the only alternative to being smart is being not smart. Right. Right. So maybe that's not a thought that's all that useful either. So I think that the, you know, the point is like sort of holding our thoughts loosely and recognizing like they're just strings of words with punctuation in our brain. They're not real. They're, they're just, we think all sorts of things all day long. they are subjective ideas in our head. So if we can hold them loosely and just observe them And then take action toward the things that we, you know, care about and value and key and and take action despite some of those thoughts, right? Like holding the thought and still taking action. That's where we're going to find, you know, a truly sort of satisfying, content life that feels meaningful and of substance.
0: That's terrific. And where can listeners go to find out more about this?
1: There's two places. One is Instagram. I'm on Instagram at drsashahines and also my website which is www.drsashahines.com. And yeah, I think that this but I I think this is like really it's important to understand because people I think really beat themselves up for feeling like they're not doing positivity well enough, right? It's crazy. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, that That is something we have to get better at. We have to understand (laughs) that part of the positive journey is giving ourselves room to not always feel positive.
1: Exactly. Like I'm, it's part of negative emotions are very much a part of the human experience for everybody and they're, and they're important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I know that
1: sometimes people say, well, I don't know
0: why I'm in a bad mood. And it's like, you never say, I don't know why I'm in such a great mood, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. Sasha, I appreciate you spending time with us today. You've got some great things for us to look into. We're going to tell them more about where to get your workbook on our webpage. And again, thank you for being on Live Happy Now.
1: Wonderful. It's great to talk to you. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.
0: That was Sasha Hines. And if you'd like to learn more, please go to our website, livehappynow.com, where you'll find a link to her website. And now, in honor of World Kindness Day, which is happening right now, that's right, today's World Kindness Day, you probably didn't know about it, but we did, so we're bringing in Live Happy Editor Chris Libby to see what he has to say about it and how we can make the world a kinder place. Well, so Chris, we're going to talk about something we both love talking about, and it's not work.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What is it then, Paula?
0: Big surprise. All right, the World Kindness Day is coming up November 13th, and so you are kind of the Kindness guru there at live happy not just because you're such a kind person yourself But you've done a lot of interviews on it and I know you've written some stories on it So you're really the perfect person to talk to about why kindness is just so beneficial for us
2: Kindness is by performing an act of kindness is really an interesting thing because If you do it if you help somebody in a way and you don't expect anything in return You're actually sacrificing a little bit of yourself of time money whatever. And so, but we almost instinctively go there. So, yeah, I think it's really important. In fact, it's one of the most core, I mean, when you look at it as far as character strengths, kindness is right up there for overall happiness and joy. It's one of the top 5. It helps buffer against negative stress and trauma. The more you practice it, and even like kindness to to yourself is very important because it's better it's good for your mental and physical health.
0: Well, we both have seen and this is just not our observation, that the world is a little less kind right now. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times do we hear people talking about that, not only within the walls of Live Happy, but our friends and family about the divisiveness and the anger and the incivility that's going on. Yeah. So, so if you're a kind person and you're trying to use that tool in the face of all this disruption, how does that work? How do you apply that? Keep from not losing it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like with anything, it takes work. I always like to say, uh, and I tell this to my daughter all the time, kill them with kindness. It, it's just better for you in the long run. If more people practiced kindness, then the world would be a much different place.
0: The experts that you've talked to, and I know you've talked to several of them, this is twofold. One, I want to I talk about kids because mm-hmm. you've done a lot of work with that and you apply that, but then also first of all, I guess the experts, what do they say about developing your kindness in an unkind world? Like how do we go about practicing and implementing that?
2: Hmm. I mean, first you've just got to, in your family, you have to model the behavior that you want and it takes work. You just have to realize that being less angry, there's all kinds of things you can do. You can uh, practice some mindfulness, that kind of Reduces your reaction time to things so you aren't getting angry as quickly. Just priming yourself, your environment with kind things, with kind sayings, stuff like that. So, and you know, it's self-control and self-regulation. Once you're more aware of yourself and aware that that's how you act, you'll be more, you're more likely to to curb your behavior if you understand what you're doing and you realize the effects that it has. Because emotions are contagious. Kindness is contagious, but so is negativity and anger. And so as long as you're aware of that and know like, wow, that my behavior is making so ruining somebody else's day, we hope that you would like to change that.
0: (laughs) But sometimes we don't. I mean, let's be honest. There are times when we're mad at what that person said, what Mm -hmm. they're what they've repeatedly said Mm -hmm. and we don't want them to have a better day. We want to go toe to toe and we want to crush them. I mean, that's, it's not very live happy, but it's really true. So how do we get in that state of saying, no, that's, that's not the route I want to go Mm -hmm. and adopt a, a kinder approach.
2: I think when you practice acts of kindness, random acts of kindness, and you don't expect anything in return, you are really training yourself to look for the kinder things in life. And when you notice that, everything's a little bit less harsh, I believe. If you consciously keep track of the kind things that you're doing every day, maybe even write them down. Say, how many kind things have I done today? Or how many acts of kindness have I seen other people do? The reason Pay It Forward became such a huge phenomenon, that book, I mean it was a novel and in the late nineties and it quickly became a movie and it and it was printed in like twenty different languages, something like that, is because I think people when they see that kind of behavior, good kind behavior, they want to be able to like it, the title says pay it forward, give it to somebody else cuz that act it feels good to do that.
0: And that's good once you start getting used to that little endorphin hit that comes from saying like I did something really good and I feel good about it and I mm-hmm. I did something kind for others. We know that really helps you and once you start getting used to that, I can see where it would become an easier, more natural way of being sure yeah well chris this is always enlightening to speak with you world kindness day november 13th Mm -hmm. even though hallmark hallmark has not yet claimed it but that doesn't mean it's not a real holiday so we can all get out there and and be kind yes that's it for this episode of live happy now be sure to visit us at livehappynow.com to learn more about today's podcast And if you like what you've heard here today and want to hear more, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcast, search for Live Happy Now and subscribe today so you'll never miss an episode. That's all we have time for right now. So please join us back here next week. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.